This is Marisha from Coruscant Radio Underground. And this is Iana from the Padawan Report. And this is the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast, your source for everything going on in that galaxy far, far away. And that's the Scuttlebutt. This podcast is part of the Red 5 Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Hey y'all, this is Aubrey Eden-Dukes, and you're listening to the Scarif Podcast. And that's the Scuttlebutt. Hello everybody in the chat, this is Ro from the Scarif Scuttlebutt Podcast, and across the lane here, I got my buddy. The hyperspace. The the butt to my scuttle. Yeah. You like when I say that, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, like when you say that, you like when I say beach balls. We have an odd relationship like that. <laughs> uh, it's good to see everybody in the chat. It's good to see Cam here. Uh, Cam, who uh, left us high and dry on Friday evening uh, when we gave our reaction video. It's good to see Cam in the chat now. He can uh, make amends. Uh, all is forgiven. Dave, uh, good to see Dave Richards from uh, jolly old England, if people still call it that, probably not. But. <laughs> Amanda uh, and uh, fan dads, Kevin, thank you all. Mr. Rez, thank you all for being in the chat. Uh, thank you for spending your Sunday evening. Nicole Marie, thank you. Yes, Nicole is in the house. Fan dads is in the house. Uh, fan dads, uh, check them out. They're another uh, Chicago uh, entity. Uh, good to have uh, the shy representing here in the chat. Yep. Uh, Cam, uh, Cam uh, I understand. Uh, he said he has some uh, grooming to do. Uh, he obviously has not visited manscaped.com and used a uh, promo code beachballs yet for his uh, 20% off on the best manscaping utensils out there. We'll get, go ahead and do the shameless plug right off the bat. Thanks to Cam. But uh, Ro, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing good. Um, you know, I can't wait to dive into this episode. It was really great. I know a lot of people in the chat are uh, in the in the same boat as I am. Um I was a little distressed at this episode, and uh, it's uh, one of those episodes. I, I had to bring out the uh, Scarif T-shirt uh, that uh, kind of represents what we're going to be talking about. Friends don't let friends fly X-wings. Uh, in honor of our fallen uh, Imperial comrades, uh, may they rest in peace. Uh, but seriously, folks, uh, it was uh, a really fantastic episode. We're definitely going to dive into it um tonight uh this is uh, episode 49 of our scarif podcast uh mando weekly we are recording tonight sunday night and again if you guys have not seen the episode we usually do a spoilerific uh, discussion on the episode the, the mando episode that drops on friday previous so if you have not seen it uh, be prepared to uh either pause go check it out come back on the replay or just uh, you know be prepared to be spoiled, uh, but uh, we're going to talk about it. Yep. So we're talking about Chapter Fifteen, uh, the uh, penultimate uh, episode this season. Um, the Believer. Of course, we're going to talk about what that title means. Uh, who is that referring to? We'll, we'll we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but uh, you know, I want to go ahead and, and uh, start this off on on a more serious note. If you are all right with that. Um, I mentioned something on, on Twitter about uh, PTSD um, and uh, you know this you know this episode showed that they are willing to show some um, things on, on, on the more serious side, uh, you know real life issues that you might encounter. And uh, of course we had Bill Burr back in this episode uh, as Mayfeld, normally the uh, comic relief, uh, the sarcastic side of the house because he's a a uh, very good comedian in real life. Um, but uh, in this episode, we saw the effects of what is undoubtedly PTSD in the Star Wars universe as well. Uh, Mayfeld's one of those characters that has a uh, tough and gritty and, like I said, sarcastic uh, exterior. But you could see in this episode that, you know, underneath all that, uh, he is a very uh, troubled and uh, wounded uh, at least psychologically, individual, 
And we saw that manifest itself in this episode here. Uh, and we saw the traumatic effects of, uh, you know, emotional trauma and, and having uh, bad things happen around you. Um, so, you know, and it's amazing that they gave that task, uh, you know, to that, that character development uh, to Bill Burr, of all people, known for his, uh, you know, like I said, comedy. But, uh, you know, you could see his uh, demeanor change. You could see his uh, facial expressions change and he got very serious. And of course, he just uh, snapped, and we'll talk about that more. Um, but uh, yeah, so PTSD, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, is a very serious thing. Um, you know, if you've had anybody in your life that, uh, especially those in the military, it doesn't have to be. A, you know, it's not a military exclusive uh, condition, um, but uh, it's more likely to happen with folks who've been in the, in the military, whether they've seen combat or not. So you know, uh, all that being said, you know, long story short, the moral of the story, uh, you know. Ask how your friends are doing. That's that's all it takes. See how they're doing. Don't be afraid to ask the question. Um, and don't be afraid to ask more questions. See how they're doing. We're getting to the holiday season. Uh, this is uh, the time where, uh, you know, things like suicide rates are up um, because uh, some folks, especially this year in 2020, uh, where people are spending or, and have spent most of the, most of the year in seclusion, uh, check on your friends. Check on your loved ones. See how they're doing. Uh, sorry, Ro, I know you weren't expecting that public service announcement, but uh, I wanted to make sure we got it in there on this episode. No, absolutely. You know, one of the things that I was going to mention as well uh, related to that topic, you know, we have uh, one of our uh, patrons, um, uh, Drunk 3PO, who posted uh, uh, an article regarding, uh, you know, kids are being, they're really under the gun as far as depression goes. Uh, you know, they're cooped up inside, et cetera, et cetera. It's definitely something that you have to kind of uh, pay attention to. I know we're talking about a fictional world, but, uh, you know, as uh, part of the Red 5 Network, we really have uh, incorporated a lot of, uh, you know, our, our values into kind of uh, supporting each other. And I, I, I would really hope that uh, it would extend beyond the Red 5 Network. And like you said, check up on your friends, check up on your neighbors, uh, especially during these times because the stress of being cooped up, uh, you know, because of what we're going through can really take a toll. You know, here we are uh, amongst friends, everybody in the chat. Caesar, thank you very much for joining us. Cam Ray, Amanda, yeah, for sure. This is definitely uh, uh, an episode that we can really sink our teeth into. This episode was very interesting. You know, um, I didn't like uh, the character, uh, Bill Burr's character in the first season. Again, you, you guys know how I feel about my comedy in Star Wars. Um, you know, he was okay. He was tolerable. And I understand, uh, what his role, you know, as an, as a comedian, I guess, uh, bringing him in, into star Wars, his character was great in the first season. I, I, you know, I was kind of on the fence, uh, Michelle, you know, hit it on the, on the head there, you know, great character development. We really kind of got to see of all people, a comedian to take this role, uh, to really push that message of, of, of what you're talking about, PTSD and how the empire really, you know, there's just another level uh, of, of what we see in the empire. And I know in the past we've talked about how the Jedi are starting to be perceived, but we're kind of getting the, the, uh, the opposite end of the spectrum here too. You know, it's not just the bad guys and the good guys. There's, unfortunately, there's a lot of gray there. As Star Wars fans and as, as adult Star Wars fans, we kind of start to see all that stuff that kind of gets, you know, buried uh, beneath the spaceships and the laser swords. And it's really great to, to kind of like dive into those things as well. And I'm glad we have friends here to kind of dive in with us. So uh, let's let's get started. Yeah. And, you know, and with Star Wars, like you're saying, we, we're always dealing on the macroscopic level, you know, uh, of Empire at War, as the old uh, video game was called. But we never take it down to the individual. Very rarely do they take it down to the individual level. And that's why I was so impressed with this one. I honestly thought uh, with, you know, the, from the first five to ten minutes, of the episode is going to be pretty much a nothing episode. Um, I thought it was just going to be that lull before the uh you know, the finale, they went uh, Operation Cinder on us. Mm. And, uh, you know, I'd like to see the connection between this. We talk about Star Wars Battlefront 2 all the time, uh, Inferno Squadron, Aiden uh, Verzio, how she, you know, started off as an Imperial and then defected. She also defected because of Operation Cinder, because like Bill Burr's character, Mayfeld, she saw her home planet, which was loyal to the Empire, just completely destroyed by it. 
uh, after the fact. She'd been loyal to the Empire her entire uh, life. Actually, her father was, uh, you know, the Admiral, Admiral Verzio. She had been raised as an Imperial, was a loyal, uh, you know, special operations, uh, you know, officer. And she saw the Empire torture home planet. And that was kind of like the last straw for her and made her leave. So it's nice to see that connection uh, to, to that story. Yeah, you know, this story, it starts off uh, that, you know, I kind of got my wish. We talked about this last episode. They didn't spend too much time on how they were going to get Mayfeld. Cara uh, Dune was able to use her um, her Republic, New Republic uh, powers and just uh, get them transferred off that prison planet. Nice to see them working on trash TIE fighters and that sort of thing. Um, and they were able to uh, get him right out. Uh, and then uh, to uh, Morak, I believe was the name of the planet. Mm-hmm. So what would you think about that? those first scenes, uh, getting off the planet, and then the uh, the juggernaut ride with the Rhydonium base? Yeah, so, you know, that first, uh, the first scene when they are, uh, you know, reintroducing Bill Burr's character, um, it was really cool. You know, I love when I see brand new episodes because, you know, as as a production guy, I, I've got many points of view when I see stuff like this and you know first I look at back I, I look at it from a story perspective it's Star Wars let's check it out but then I got to go deep into the technical aspect and I look around and I'm like oh is that practical is that CG you know did they shoot in the volume are they adding things so it's um, and I'm still doing that with the Empire Strikes Back and some of the uh, original trilogy stuff I love uh, you know, just kind of picking it apart because it never ends. And I think that's one of the biggest reasons that <clears throat> Star Wars has maintained its, uh, uh, you know, its its fire um, because they put so much detail and work into the imagery. It's not just, you know, kind of a, a, I don't know, you know, one background and then you're done. There's a lot of layers there. And um, that's one of the things that I was enjoying in that scene, that first scene. You know, you see all those junk TIE fighters and, and everything that uh, that Bill Burr was doing. I loved the droid. It was really cool. Um, can't remember his name, if they gave him a name, but uh, he kind of reminded me of, uh, of RoboCop. Oh, yeah. Five seconds to comply. And maybe it was a little throwback, but uh, yeah, absolutely. Luckily, he wasn't uh, Ed 209. Um, that, that didn't go so well in RoboCop. But uh, a couple more uh, greetings in the uh, chat to uh, Master Luke is uh, with us. Uh, uh, Cesar uh, Rodriguez with us. Um, and uh, Trevor, our good friend Trevor, is with us as well. Thank you all for spending your Sunday, at least a part of your Sunday evening with us. We appreciate that. Uh, yeah, the, the scenes on the juggernaut there. Uh, and, yeah, and we'll get back to uh, Boba Fett's new paint job. We'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, yeah, those first scenes, uh, I was reminded, and was that was that volume or was that was that the on real real location that they were? Well, that's that that's one of the things that intrigued me because that chase sequence was pretty robust. I was really trying to figure out, well, what's moving? Is the background moving? Somebody posted a shot of Bill Burr and Anacrona. Uh, yeah, so they, uh, a a picture of them, and there's. You know, there's some background. They're at, definitely on location, but you see a traditional blue screen and some hardware in the for, in the background that's a little blurred out. So, I'm really glad that uh, that this season they're they're starting to get outside the volume. And I know the volume is a great technological achievement, but uh, you know, I, I've said this before uh, on the podcast. There's nothing that will replace actually going out to location or sets being constructed. And you see a little bit of that in the sizzle reel, sizzle reel for the uh, Cassian Andor show. Creatures are being designed, sets are being built. It, it just, to me, it just felt like Star Wars. And I, I love that. So when I see sequences like this, where it's just a little bit more expansive and, and again, just having a production eye, Sometimes I can really tell like what's shot in the volume and what's not um, by the certain limitations that they have. But this was fantastic. I mean, it really looks like they just went outside somewhere and, and shot the sequence and it looked gorgeous. It looked really, really beautiful. Yeah. So for those of you who, uh, you know, tweet all the time to make Solo 2 happen, uh, I think we got, you know, to me, this was a nod to the Solo movie uh, when they did their uh, it was almost like the train heist. I thought maybe Ness was going to show up on this one. I could have heard them say uh, for Jetta when they when, when the pirates were behind them. I think that's just my headcanon talking, though. <laughs> I, this one I heard for Jetta. Um, but I got a very um, Vietnam uh, slash. Um, you remember the movie Black Hawk Down when when they were in Somalia 
I, I, you know, especially when they got closer to the base and they got towards the bridge there. And uh, ironically, luckily, they had help from the TIE fighters at the end there. But, uh, you know, there were parallels to this one to to Solo uh, in that, you know, this like I said, this to me, that was very close to the train sequence there. And also that theme of that imperialist theme that we were talking about where the Empire and, and Bill Burr. I love it that uh, his character calls out both the Empire and the New Republic. He said, you know, it doesn't matter which side you're on. Uh, and you're, you're both taking over these people's planets. And we yeah. saw that back to the Clone Wars time period where it didn't matter which, quote, side you were on, whether you were uh, with the Republic or the, you know, the Confederation. Uh, you, you were still taking over people's planets uh, for strategic locations or for their resources or whatever. So you can call yourself the good guys with the bad guys, but when it comes down to it, you're taking over other people's planets. So it was nice to see that uh, Mayfeld uh, called both, and e even the Mandalorians, you know, the Mandalorians have millennia of uh, conquest. Um, you know, he called every, every sect, possible out on that so it was nice to see mayfeld do that yeah you talk about mogadishu and and real life uh you know uh desert storm type stuff and i really th that totally had that same vibe especially when you know from the from that um the the truck's point of view when you saw the villagers and there's a shot of this uh child sitting on on some hardware and he just looks up at the at the imperials I just that that just brought back you know some images uh, you know back when we were in Desert Storm and it was really chilling. This one has you know those types of messages and images uh, all over the place, and I know some people have uh, uh, compared it to um, you know Solo and Indiana Jones, um, but definitely it looks it looks fantastic. Yeah, um, it, it, you know you're talking about that. Remember the our helicopter pilot that was downed, you yeah. know. One of the in, in that operation, which was the basis for Black Hawk Down, um, of course, you know, we saw him as one of the good guys. The the locals there saw us as something else. Um, so, yeah, that that scene, you know, those, that glance, you know, they held that 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 stare for what, about five seconds. Right. A long time in, in, in a show of this length. Um, so, yeah, uh, it was a simple scene, yet very powerful at the same time. And, yeah, I agree. They were, you know, uh, they called them pirates. But, yeah, they were they were just defending their, their homeland there. And, of course, uh, you know, people called it out very quick. Uh, the the wardrobe of the drivers. How about that uh, shout out to Scarif there? Oh, I loved it. We got to look at uh, some really great, uh, you know, throwbacks to some of the Stormtrooper, you know, uh, outfits that we all know and love. The Scarif Trooper. We had... Uh, you know, regular stormtroopers. I I found it kind of uh, I found it kind of interesting that when they escaped, um, you know, after the Tie Fighters came to rescue them, and then they finally got into the bunker, that uh, you know, again, just like just like you would uh, see in the barracks after a mission complete, the soldiers kind of giving them, you know, giving each other high five. I found that very interesting. It kind of humanized. Uh, the the empire at that point for me and I never thought that that I would be able to see that but it was just an interesting thing for me to see that well yeah I kind of I mean like I sort of saw the wreckage the first time I watched it but I didn't pay much attention to it but if you look at that wreckage on the side those are all the juggernauts that they mm -hmm. had for this rhydonium that didn't make it back so in this particular case we know of at least three of them and only one of them made it back so the empire is willing to sacrifice as many people as needed in order to get the resources that they need to, to make their comeback as they see it. Let's take it back, though, now to Boba Fett. Oh, I, boy. The, the new paint job, the new wardrobe there. Well, and I was uh, joking around with somebody that uh, he cleaned it up and, uh, you know, got a new paint job, but he kept the uh, the dent on the head. What was that all about? <laughs> it's his trademark. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, it's him. I, I thought it was a different actor at first too, because to me, uh, you know, I thought it was just one of the, and, and it may have been still, but he looked thinner in that, in that outfit. Of course, he didn't have all the robes on underneath, but yeah. then he took the helmet off and that's, you know, definitely him in that, uh, in that uniform. I thought it looked nice. I, I'm ready for the black series figure. I'm ready to put that up on, up on the shelf. I, I thought he'd look great. Yeah. Uh, that's funny. Uh, Boba Scheib paint that armor for 99.95 <laughs> totally 
that was yep. uh, that was the joke uh, of the day. Uh, but uh, yeah, absolutely. I think Boba Fett looks fantastic. I think the the fact that he's in the show, um, you know, when we first imagined a uh, Star Wars on the small screen, I never thought that I would be able to kind of see, you know, some of these old uh, legacy characters kind of pop up. Uh, Boba Fett, uh, I, you know, I read the old Marvel comic book uh, adaptation of what happened to him after the Return of the Jedi. Never thought that I'd actually see anything in live action like this. So it, it is fantastic. I'm so glad that Boba Fett is in here. I'm so glad that Slave One is in here. Um, I know you want to talk about that one shot, and they didn't really... They didn't make a big deal about it, which I love. They're sitting in the cabin of the Slave One, and all of a sudden you yeah. see the rotation. Oh, yeah. that was hot. That was epic. Uh, I love that part. I mean, that that detail. Like, this is what you wanted to – that, or this is what your imagination showed you back in you know, the 70s and 80s when you saw Star Wars. You had to make that stuff up in your head. This is but, what we were doing in the backyard, uh, you know, out, out in the schoolyard with the ships and everything. So fantastic. Yeah. When he takes off, he's, uh, you know, he's horizontal. And then he's he's vertical like he should be when he when he's at cruising altitude. Uh, you know, you talked about them getting into the base, and interestingly enough, the easy part uh, was getting the information uh, as to Moff Gideon's whereabouts. But uh, let's talk about that. Uh, it, Mando once again took his helmet off, and the facial recognition worked on the Imperial terminal. Yeah, so two things there. Um, Michelle from Force of Light Entertainment uh, <clears throat> talked about character development, and I'm going to bring that up again. And, uh, you know, never take your helmet out. It's part, it's part of the Creed uh, Mandalorian. But, uh, you know, there is definitely um, character development in Mando where, you know, he's uh, no holds barred when it comes to the safety of Grogu, safety of the child. So he is... You know, he is all in, and uh, I love the fact that he was able to do that, and I love that he kind of, uh, he didn't, you know, he didn't bat an eyebrow. He just, uh, I need to do what I need to do so I can rescue him, and um, this last episode is going gonna, is gonna to be really, I think it's going to hit us in the feels. How did his facial recognition, how was that successful with that computer? Well, that's what I was going to ask you. Is it just that it's sensed a face and that's all it needed, or? No, that would have been, class see, that would have been classified, there was, I don't think enough people are talking about that because that's got to be classified information. They're locate. I mean, uh, there's got to be some kind of clearance involved in order to get the location of, you know, an Imperial ship, you know, uh, a ship's location is a highly classified information. So for the, it wouldn't just give that to, it wouldn't have facial recognition if, if just anybody can do it. So for the facial recognition to work, it has to think that he has some right to that information. I might be blowing this out of proportion, but I, I don't think so. I think I think there's a reason why uh, I'm suspecting he may be a clone. As somebody said well, in the chat. Here's the funny thing, because I put that up, and uh, remember way back when I said that uh, the the foundling, the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, he, he's got to be someone of some importance. And I, you know, I, I still kind of maintain the fact that, uh, they, they kind of tricked him into never showing his face because if they do, if he did show his face, then somebody, I don't know who, somebody would recognize him as who he really is. They were trying to hide him. You know, star Wars obviously has all these subtexts about hiding someone important. You have Luke, you have Leia, um so it's it's good you know ray in the in the sequel trilogy so it would be uh very interesting to find out if you know indeed dinjarin uh is someone that uh that need, needed to be hidden away under a mask um in another culture so the fact that the facial recognition recognizes him um is very significant and you're right not a lot of people are talking about it and uh what do you think it all means I think there's um, you. You completely called it uh, on this one. You know, as far as why he kept the helmet on, and it being his particular sex um, uh, that that did that. Um, someone asked in the chat why Bill Burr didn't put his helmet back on. Uh, one because I don't think Mayfeld cares at all that character, but also you know if you put like the whole story together, he was obviously an imperial. I'm not sure what level, but it seems like he did work on the ground. He did have boots on the ground at one point. Um, I'm thinking he may have been presumed dead 
by the Empire uh, during Operation Cinder. Um, but I think he, you know, because the original plan was for him to go in there and do it. And, of course, he just freaked, you know, freaked out when he saw that Imperial officer in there. But yeah. uh, he was going to go right up in there and, and get the information. So I think he still has, on some level, uh, Imperial ties. Not the TIE fighter type, but uh, connections to the Empire. Um, but uh, that was, yeah, somebody mentioned this is the first episode without Grogu. Um, a co couple of things. We did just fine without Baby Yoda. That was nice. And you were speaking on Boba Fett a couple of minutes ago. And you know, I just want to point out that we have Fett there, and he is not drowning out Din Djarin or the, the storyline. You know, we, we were a bit worried about that. And in general, uh, people were worried about that, that it would turn into the Boba Fett show. He's there. And he's completely a supporting character. He, he's good with that. Uh, Tamora Morrison's obviously good with that. And he works great as the, uh, the heavy muscle uh, and, and the driver. Uh, who, who would have thought, who would have thought 20 years ago we'd be watching Slave One flying around? Exactly. Uh, just amazing. Yeah, I think there, there's definitely reason. I think, you know, seasons, uh, the next season, we'll probably get more into. I mean, they've been very slowly building up his history. Mm -hmm. uh, they've been putting additional layers on it just piece by piece. And I think over the next the next season, we'll see even more uh, depth to his to his character. And but we haven't seen a flashback like we did in no. season one. So uh, I'm wondering, you know, if uh, if we're going to see more flashbacks just to kind of put some more pieces together. What do you think? I think maybe um, maybe his psychological wounds are healing a little bit, or maybe now that he has a sense of purpose with the child is why yeah. he knows less uh, because he has something to focus on. Sure. Uh, that's all just uh, conjecture, but uh, I think maybe, maybe that's why. But uh, how about that Imperial officer, man? Did that guy not epitomize what it means to be an Imperial? Um, somebody had posted, uh, the actor's name and the other role that he was in. And I totally forgot to jot that down, but, uh, he definitely represented what the Imperial, uh, what Imperials were like. And I love the fact that, you know, they had this little conversation. I mean, again, getting back to Bill Burr, I mean, people are, uh, wanting him to get some sort of, you know, uh, Emmy award or, or, you know, accolades for his performance in the show. I'm totally for that. That. It, it was just well done, well played. Uh, the even the subtleties with uh, with Din Djarin when when he you know he's sitting at the table, and he's about he notices that he's about to do something. He do, he, he does this like little nod to to Bill Burr's character, and it was is really yeah. fantastic, really fantastic. Oh, the Night King from Game of Thrones. Well, uh, oh yeah, yeah. There you go, the Night King. Yeah. He had infinitely more lines in, in this uh, story than, than he did in Game of Thrones. He just kind of walked around in Game of Thrones. He didn't say much. But, yeah, uh, I like how uh, the Mandalorian got a, a nickname, uh, Old Brown Eyes. That's all they call him. He got his hearing loss during during a battle. That's pretty funny. And uh, a lot of people also didn't uh, notice the other joke that was in there about his TPS reports. Let's go file your TPS reports. And, of course, that's a – Beautiful nod. I mean, a very overt, not subtle at all nod to Office Space, which is now, uh, I think, 20 years old. But, uh, of course, there's a whole bit in Office Space about filing, you know, putting the cover sheet on the TPS reports. Uh, and I like, again, this this show goes from ultra serious. We have the very serious things in here about the imperialist themes, the PTSD. But then we're having nods to uh, Office Space and TPS reports at the same time. Uh, so that, that was interesting, but, uh, yeah, seeing them talk about operation Cinder once again, for anybody that isn't familiar with, uh, star Wars battlefront two, or, um, you know, it's somewhat in the aftermath books and alphabet squadron operation Cinder was the emperor's last order. And, uh, he basically told the, who was left of the empire to blow up every single loyal Imperial world that was left. Still seems like a stupid idea to me, but I guess he believed in a scorched earth policy. There was some reason given to it uh, by that officer, which was nice. Um, we've talked about order through chaos before on the show, and I think that's all they were doing was trying to cause chaos and uh, have people begging for order. And we saw that with uh, when Palpatine restructured the Republic into the Empire. Um, and then we saw it work again, uh, or we saw it again with the First Order. 
So, yeah, that's the name of the game for those guys. Uh, cause chaos and be the ones to come in for, uh, you know, safety, security, and order, law and order. And that's how it works. That's how it's worked in uh, our world for um, for ages. And that's how it works in the Star Wars universe. Cause chaos and uh, be the be the heroes to restore order. So at least some reason was given to Operation Cinder on this. But, yeah, he snapped and uh, – I think Mando was okay with him snapping. I think you could see it in, in Bill Burr's eyes that, you know, that this was a, a score that had to be settled. Mm-hmm. So he got the information he needed. Uh, you know, talk again, talking about character development, uh, Mayfield earlier on, uh, early on in the episode gave him a hard time for taking his mask off when it suited him. Um, but after he shot the officer, he's like, Hey, uh, you know, I didn't see anything, you know, get your mask back on. And, uh, you know, there's such, what these are just a little over a half hour and we have so much character development. And uh, then that scene right back to the action. I thought that was amazing. And uh, seeing, uh, seeing the ladies in action as well with, with their sniper rifles. That was pretty cool. That was fantastic. It's funny. You talk about uh, uh, causing chaos and coming in as the heroes. Isn't that how, uh, isn't that how you uh, were able to get our first 1000 followers uh, back uh, a year ago? Yeah. I mean, whatever works. (laughs) Don't tell my trade secrets, please. But yeah, that action, I mean, uh, again, just making it seem like like they were outside they uh, you know the the uh, the shots were beautiful i mean again slave one in the sky doing its thing and we'll get to we'll get to that part real soon because uh i i was really impressed and really glad that they brought back some hardware from yeah. uh from the prequel trilogy there yeah that that was really fantastic it, it seems like the ladies are kind of starting to get a little rapport there too working together uh when they uh were covering the boys uh from their mission I mean, that was, uh, they, they had some pretty good, as far as the, from a military standpoint, that's some pretty good uh, chemistry, some pretty good synergy going there. Uh, we didn't hear the Wilhelm scream this time. They, they made up some new screams for these guys falling off the side. Um, but uh, it's nice to see them uh, using their skills and, and covering the boys on, on their escape. Just brutal. Um, and then uh, Bobo coming in for, for the save uh, at the end and then, Mayfeld taking his uh, shot at the Rhydonium, and uh, I think that made him feel a little better. Uh, I want to, I want, I want to get back to that hardware at the end because uh, we we're starting a new segment or a new tiny little segment on the show uh, with our favorite five seconds. So uh, that was my favorite five seconds of the show. We'll get to that at the end. Sure, uh, sure. As far as Mayfeld goes, I was a little disappointed. It was nice to see that uh, they had him uh, officially die uh, on Morak and gave him his freedom. I was a little disappointed that Mayfeld didn't join the crew. I thought they would pick him up. Uh, if you want to have somebody, I mean, he's perfect for that crew. I'm, I'm, are you surprised at all that they didn't you know, include him with the gang? No, and I think, um, who knows? It, you know, the, when you were talking about it just now, it almost reminded me of, uh, you know, when he asked uh, – uh quill to join him and quill says no i've already been you know uh in slavitude uh you know from from one empire or whatever and he basically you know he didn't differentiate he says you know i want to be in service to myself and not to anybody else so i i almost found it um like he learned a lesson as far as you know bringing people on and i think he understood that uh, mayfeld probably just wanted his freedom um, you know, he stayed on the planet. Who knows? We might see him again. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. I, I, I don't mind, you know, I, I think the, uh, the palette was getting pretty full with characters there, especially if we, you know, if, if folks that are talking about how everybody else is going to come into this last, uh, episode next Friday, that, uh, you know, it, it'll be a crowded, uh, a crowded stage for everyone. Yeah. I would be, uh, highly surprised if we didn't see, Mayfeld back next season in, sure. in capacity. So you texted me on Friday, I think it was, and or Saturday, and we were, you asked me about the title. Um, and the title of this chapter was The Believer. I have my thoughts, um, but uh, who, who do you think that was in reference to? Who is The Believer, and what do they believe in? I was watching the action unfold in that episode, and I really, uh, you know, I always kind of like, try to put two and two together when it comes to the title. This one, I had a really, uh, a really tough time. 
trying to figure out who the believer was. And, uh, you know, I know you responded to my text regarding that, but I'm trying to see if, you know, if people, if guys in the chat, if you guys had, uh, another, uh, explanation as to who the believer was. Um, but, um, I don't know for me, I'm not sure exactly who it was. I know, it, I know what you're going to say is probably right, but, um, who knows? Yeah. Anybody in the, anybody in the chat got any ideas? And what I responded uh, over the weekend was Mayfeld. Obviously, like we said earlier on in the show, normally we just um, see the lighter side of Mayfeld, the sarcastic, uh, doesn't care about anything uh, side of Mayfeld. Um, but on this one, we saw that he, there was something else there. Um, now, what does he believe in is, uh, is another question. Uh, Cam thinks uh, it's multiple references uh, that he believes in the rebels being Mayfeld. Um, but uh, Din is a believer, uh, but his beliefs are changing from the strict way. And I agree with that. Um, like I said a couple of shows ago, I'm surprised we hadn't seen him with his helmet off more already after meeting Bo Katan and seeing that she was okay with it. But you don't just, you know, we're talking about character, you, you don't just change who you are. Right. This character development, this growth takes time. You don't just automatically, oh, yeah, I can take my helmet off whenever now. It's going to take time. Um, so I think um, the believer is the audience uh, is another um, statement we have in the chat from Trevor. And that's an interesting one because, uh, you know, my my, my friend Cesar, if he's still in the chat, you know, we had this discussion regarding the the overall um, term of this is the way. And it's almost like they were talking to the audience uh, saying, you know, you guys like this as, as a Star Wars, this is the way to to make a Star Wars. And I know a lot of people, you know, were had issues with the sequel trilogy for whatever reason. Um, this is a lot more universally accepted um but you know from time to time you know i i do believe sometimes they are talking to us the audience and um if they are talking to us as far as the believer you know we were kind of on pins and needles on on the fence uh on uh season one of this show people were still kind of uh, you know the jury was still out um but these last few episodes have been pretty damn good you know consistently over and over and over again and if the filmmakers are talking to us as audience members that we are now you know believers um i wouldn't put it past them because i'm definitely a believer at this point yeah we're, we're all stakeholders and as you said then as trevor mentioned it uh, i didn't even consider that but it kind of reminds me of uh stan lee back in the day when he would uh you know, right in his uh, soapbox at the end of comic books and would call the audience true believers. Yes. You know, yeah. and he said, he still said true believers un until the day he died. It kind of reminds me of that. So maybe it is, uh, or maybe it's left deliberately vague for you to decide on your own um, who believes in what. I think uh, the comments on Din, maybe he has his own, he's gaining understanding. I think maybe he just believed before because someone told him he had to. But maybe now he's getting a, a better grasp of, of the Mandalorian creed and, and what that means. So, yeah, I think it, it could be him. I, I put all my stock in Mayfeld at the time, um, but uh, it could be dinner. It could be multiple. And I like the idea uh, of the audience. I do want to talk. I, I think it's an interesting thing. I, I, I think what you are saying about Mayfeld is probably true. You know, he does go through some. Uh, you know, some ups and downs from the first time we meet him to now. So I, I think, you know, obviously his character changed and uh, he's starting to see, um, you know, now uh, what the Empire represented to a lot of people. And especially at this junction in his life, he sees how these uh, people are have been subjugated, um, obviously having this discussion with his uh, superior officer you know, kind of, uh, you know, put the nail in the coffin, so to speak, uh, especially on the officer's uh, side, because, uh, you know, he just blasted him out of the water. So yeah. um, I do I do believe it's Mayfeld as, as the believer. Uh, you guys in the chat are definitely not wrong. We will probably see him again, um, you know, to maybe complete his character arc uh, as we started uh, from the first season. So it, it'll be interesting. It'll, it'll really be interesting. Before we get to the end of the show, um, 
philosophical question. Do you watch the the recap? I know some people on social media say they skip, and I and I'm I have been. I happen to watch it this time, but I normally skip the recap because they kind of give it away. Yeah. Uh, to some extent, what's going to happen? Um, but do you normally watch the uh, recap? Yeah, I definitely watch the recap, and you know, other than maybe giving you a little bit of information of what's going to happen. They set the stage for you so you can have your brain ready to examine what's going to happen. And I think that's, that's part of the reason that I really watched the, the recap because, you know, they come, they might come back to a story point that uh, we might've forgotten. So it's a really great way to kind of uh, catch up and, and, you know, start, you know, harvesting some ideas for when you actually watch the episode. So I definitely watch uh, the recap. Um, I don't know why there's a skip button on Disney Plus, uh, The Mandalorian. I really don't use it. And uh, we should, uh, you know, start a petition to get rid of it. <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm with Cam in the chat. Um, I think it does spoil. Like, it's, I just happened to watch it this time. And it was perfect this time because in the recap, it had the uh, the voice was Moff Gideon's voice, and it was his voice from Chapter Eight, uh, where or is it Chapter Seven? Chapter Seven, Chapter Eight. Uh, whenever he said that, uh, talking to Din Jaren and his crew about having something that he wanted, and he doesn't know uh, what he has in his possession. He thinks he might, but he doesn't know. So I thought it was the you know we talk about the poetry of of Star Wars and how it rhymes. You know they, they, that's been going around a lot lately. And the sheer poetry in this one, that ending was classic. You know, uh, Mandalorian's been kind of on the ropes lately. He's been kind of playing in defense. But now I think the worst thing that you can have happen is to have a Mandalorian on the hunt for you. Uh, not only does he have Din Jaren on the hunt, he's also got Boba Fett, arguably the, the best tracker in, in the galaxy on the hunt for him. So I don't think you could possibly find your, yourself in a worse possible situation than what Moff Gideon is right now. All and they I need to do, all they need to do is bring Liam Neeson in and he's dead. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Just make the phone call. Just make the phone call. Um, yeah. I mean, Grogu has been taken, so maybe they could, should call in Qui-Gon for some extra assistance on this one. Um, but that ending where, you know, he quoted him, I think it was word. If, if it was not word for word, it was very close about having Baby Yoda uh, or Grogu, if you guys want to be technical these days, um, and how he was going to get it back. How would you like that ending? I thought it was great. Uh, it was great to see you know, the bridge of, a, of an Imperial ship. I always uh, enjoy that. Um, I love the fact that he used his own line against him, so it's going to be really great. I don't see how the, the finale – the finale has got to be about an hour long. I don't see how they can get away with a, with a short of theirs. I mean, yeah, it's just because we want to see it, but there's there's an awful lot to pack in. I don't I don't think a half hour is going to cut it on the season finale, so I'm definitely hoping for a longer episode. And do you think that the season finale? Uh, I'm asking you guys in the chat too. Do you guys think that it's going to um, it's going to complete the story, or are we uh, are we looking at a cliffhanger? In, in in the biggest of proportions because you know next season is not till next year in December so we, we got a long time to wait what do you guys think Brad what do you I'd think be, we're gonna finish the story? I'd, I'd be very surprised you know I've uh, tried to write from in the past uh, and I and I'm, I'm a casual writer <laughs> and uh, reading reading books on how to write books novels and that sort of thing uh, one of the questions is where do you stop a chapter one of the biggest problems a an author has is where do you stop a chapter? And of course, you stop a chapter right before you get to the next information that you want to get to uh, and make that the beginning. You want to leave. Basically, you have to give the reader a reason to turn the page. And if you give it away at the end of the chapter, there is no reason to turn the page. They've So when somebody gets abducted, they're not going to get you're not going to get them back at the end of that chapter. You're going to see sure. it somewhere near the beginning of the next one. Uh, so I'd be very surprised. I, I think. Um, he might get uh, might get Grogu back, but I think whoever answers that call, actually, no, nah, you know, I doubt he's. You now I'm gonna take that back. I don't think he's gonna get Grogu back. I think that's gonna be the cliffhanger. Mm -hmm. But I think we're also gonna get that Jedi help at the end. My, all my predictions so. again have been wrong so far. I don't think I've gotten a single one right. I sort of got the the, the Mayfeld prediction right. That didn't spend much time on it, but that's about it. And that's a minor prediction. 
So I've been wrong just about everything. But uh, I, I'd be uh, I'd be surprised. I think if you got Grogu back, absolutely. I I definitely think it's going to be a um, you know, and and I've revised my uh, ending cliffhanger shot several times. You know, initially, uh, if you guys remember, I said that Ahsoka Tano was going to be the last shot of the last uh, um, episode for this season. We got her obviously a couple of episodes ago uh, to uh, to a great surprise to everybody that loved the character including myself um i think you know i'm gonna revise it again i think again whoever grogu is uh, whoever grogu called i think that's who's gonna show up i think uh and it's it's gonna have to be big because if it's another jedi uh someone we've never heard of then that year is gonna be uh it's gonna come and go without any pomp and circumstance it's gonna be like who cares we don't know this guy but um again i know it's a pipe dream but just imagine if an x-wing shows up and somebody uh you know pops out of that uh x-wing and 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 it's somebody that looks like luke skywalker from the back because that's how i would shoot it <laughs> yeah but um that or just the, um, just the red five helmet just just the red five helmet he, you know they put it down on the on the console that would be freaking amazing well i'm um, I'm, I'm gonna go i'm gonna give us a, a hail mary that that's a sports reference by the way uh Oh, a Hail Mary is a long pass that doesn't gotcha. have a very high success rate. Just, just so you know, and it's okay. a sports ball term. Just so we're on the same page. Uh, I can't believe you're in Chicago. You don't like football, but anyway, um, can't believe they haven't kicked you out of Chicago yet. But anyway, uh, I'm still going with a uh, beautiful redhead with a uh, purple lightsaber. You know, that's my Hail Mary. Can you imagine? We have a year to go before the next season. How much talk there would be if if that were to happen? Don't that's think why, so. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah. But man, could you imagine? That's why I agree with Cam, and I'm glad Cam agrees with me. Something big has got to happen for us to be, uh, you know, still talking about it 12 months later. I think, uh, I, I think something big is going to happen, and I'm really excited for it. You know, obviously you've got the announcement uh, that just happened on Friday with the rest of the Disney Plus uh, shows that uh, we're going to be you know, enjoying, but, um, yeah, this, this is going to be fantastic. Let's talk about, uh, our new segment, uh, our favorite yeah. five, six. Yeah. So we, uh, I'll, you know, we're late in the game. We only have, uh, two, two episodes left this one in the finale, but, uh, I thought it'd be fun and we want to get some input from the chat as well. Uh, what are your favorite five seconds from this episode? I hashtagged it on Twitter, uh, because letters are at a premium, uh, fave five sex and that's a uh, hashtag fav the number five the letters sex your favorite five seconds what were your favorite five seconds from this show uh, because you know again we only have what 180 characters to work with so we got to keep these hashtags short uh, my favorite five seconds that's why i didn't want to give it away earlier i've uh, talked about my love or lack thereof of episode two uh, since we started this show i it's always uh, up there with uh, the last jedi for me <laughs> as my least favorite of the episodes. But uh, one part that I will always love and seeing this in theaters was amazing uh, was the sonic imploder from the back of Slave One. Uh, seeing that, uh, you know, we had little Boba with his dad, or yeah, I guess dad, we can call him dad, uh, with Django in the asteroid field being pursued by Obi-Wan Kenobi and they dropped that sonic imploder. And I think this is one of the best sounds. We've, we've talked about sounds many times in uh, um, Ben Burtt's amazing work. And I think uh, this is one of the best sounds in the Star Wars universe. And that's how it goes completely silent. And then the sonic imploder just wrecks everything in a, I don't know, 10-mile radius, it seems like. Um, so that was definitely my favorite five seconds, seeing that thing pop open. Uh, again, I grabbed my son when that happened, when it opened up and you could see it, uh, the canister there and he just dropped it and then got the sound and everything. Absolutely love that part. Uh, so that was my favorite five seconds. Uh, Ro, what was your favorite five seconds from this episode? You know, that, uh, that's going to have to be, uh, one of my favorite five seconds of the episode. I think, uh, the entire episode for me was like just uh, a kid in a candy store, uh, from the beginning to the end, there was just a lot to see. And yes, the sonic explosion, uh, the implosion was uh, fantastic. I love the way they brought that back. But again, you, you know, because of my love for for stormtroopers and obviously 
uh, my love for for the film Rogue One, uh, to which our podcast is kind of uh, you know uh, favorably named after uh, Scarif. I really enjoyed the uh, the few seconds of the introduction of all the stormtroopers and the short troopers that came out of the garrison when when the uh, the tanks came rolling in. I think it was great. It's to me, it's it's always a blast to see stormtroopers just running towards you i I think it's uh i think it's quite a sight to see and i i love that and they they looked fantastic they looked great even the regular old uh, traditional stormtroopers uh looked like they had some wear and tear but uh i don't know something about those uh shore troopers uh you know on this uh on this post was uh really fantastic and i loved it and obviously again our our t-shirts are on sale if anybody wants to check it out t public uh, look for the Scare Scuttlebutt podcast. Uh, all our shirts are, uh, I think they're 13 bucks. They're really great. Um, check out. And there's uh, not just ours, but a lot of our Red 5 family tees are also available there. So uh, go check it out. Let us know. And uh, if you do pick up a, a shirt or two, we'll send you an additional uh, Scarif or Red 5 sticker for your laptop or anything like that so uh yeah it's it's great i i loved it it's really hard to pick your favorite five seconds out of the last uh, couple of episodes because it's been really really great yep uh and we're not used to seeing the empire you know being on the defensive being up against the ropes but here they are so seeing them cross that bridge and then uh the salutes the salutes from everybody on their left and right um, these are just a couple of uh, drivers, and for them to get saluted by everybody there, that's a that's a big deal uh, for them to make it back and to have that camaraderie. So you're there, you see the brothers in arms uh, with the, with the stormtroopers. Some folks in the chat mentioned a couple other great moments. Um, the uh, Mando uh, getting the uh, pirate with the spear, uh, using that harp, you know, using it as a harpoon. That that was quite the shot. That, that you could you could feel that one, and of course the canteen shootout and the officers' mess in the uh in the imperial base uh didn't see, yeah i didn't see it coming i mean you could almost see it coming when with uh mayfeld you could see him start to break down but uh still not ready for it um so yeah that was quite the shootout and to see mando jump right in and start shooting with him uh yeah like you said lots of good things to choose from in this episode and and many previous other episodes uh you know doing our scuttle cheeks it's almost becoming a moot point these days. I don't know yeah. how, you know, I, I don't mean to sound like the ultimate fanboy, I, although I don't care if I get that title. Um, but I don't know how you give these episodes anything less than a three. I, right. I just, yeah, I, I don't see how you could. And for some reason, I think last episode, we only, uh, we averaged it out to a 3.5. I don't know. Were we drinking? Well, I guess we just have to. I mean, we, uh, yeah, we lose all credibility if we give them all right. fours. Yeah. I, you know, but I don't know about this week. This week might be tough. I, I really can't find anything to, uh, to complain about. Um, you know, everything from behind the scenes to the story, to the visuals, to what they did with the characters. You know, if we're going to start to, uh, do our scuttle cheek rating, uh, I'd, I'd go all in. Yeah. Put them all. I, in. I'm, I'm trying to think of deductions as well. Uh, some people didn't like Boba's, uh, new paint job. I thought it was classic. I, I liked the look. Um, it, it was, and it's just different enough from his, um, previous incarnation of the armor to give him some new flavor, um, to show him as a, you know, an old, an, an elder, if you will. Yeah. I, I'm with Natalie. I, I'm with you. I'm with Cam. Uh, screw it. We'll give it four cheeks. Uh, I think we're, we, we got a complete set here Four <laughs> pristine, shiny scuttle cheeks. Show them cheeks. Cause they're all coming out. Yes, the perfectly groomed uh, scuttle cheeks from manscaped.com using so promo glad you code said that. Beach Balls uh, for 20% off. I like, okay, maybe that's the second time I got it in. I don't know. Uh, I just, like Rose says, I just like to say Beach Balls. I don't know why. It, it, it hit me one day and I thought it was good. But yeah, um, in all, all seriousness, great episode. We talked about the serious nature of it at the, at the top of the show with the PTSD, um, but the action scenes. Um, the character development, uh, the set, um, writing and directing of the show, just, you know, they, they, they hit the mark on this one and really looking forward to the season finale. I think we're in for a wild ride. And uh, just if we got a minute for a quick prediction, if he gets Grogu back, where does season three take us? Jeez, I don't know. I mean, 
we're lucky we're getting Star Wars on TV. I, I can't imagine where it's going to go. I mean, you know, we've got uh, the possibility of all these uh, other spinoffs. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. I am. See, this is this is one of the reasons I love, uh, you know, the fact that Star Wars is back with us. The surprise, the element of surprise here is what I'm really, really excited about because you just don't know. Yeah, I think uh, I think he does. I think he probably will get Grogu back. I think Moff Gideon will probably live though somehow. I think you know he's that. Uh, you know the if Imperial officers have anything, not not the stormtroopers, but the officers. If the officers officers have anything, it's survival skills. Mm-hmm. So I think he will uh, make it out. He was presumed dead once, um, and don't forget he was an ISB agent, so they're known for being able to uh, duck out of dangerous situations. So I think he probably will get Grogu back, uh, but I think uh, Moff Gideon will make it out of there. And I think season three might be going back to Mandalore. I think we might get to see Mandalore for the first time uh, in this medium um, on the TV show. And I think uh, Bo-Katan could be the focal point. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm with Yeah, Amanda just uh, put that in the chat same time I was talking about it. I think Bo- Bo-Katan and maybe uh, our, our pipe dreams about Sabine will finally come true again. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we will actually see her. Uh, and, uh, I think we'll be going back to Mandalore. If, uh, Ezra was the guy that, that answered the call, get the whole rebels gang back together and, uh, let's take over Mandalore. I think that's where we're going. Great episode. Um, can't, can't say enough positive things about it. So I want to personally thank everybody. Um, so much interaction here, uh, on, on our Sunday nights, uh, just for everybody's, uh, reference, uh, we're going to try to stick to this schedule in the future. Uh, Ro, I guess I'm, I'm putting us on, on record for saying this. We're going to try to maintain our Sunday evenings for recording. Um, we've had such great interaction and involvement with the chat. Uh, even when Mandalorian's over, we're going to try to do our weekly episodes uh, on Sunday evenings on YouTube. And then you'll be able to catch the episode uh, via podcast during the week. So we're going to do our best. You know how life is but uh, and how this year has been. So. Uh, I can't give you the guarantee, but we're going to we're going to do our damnedest to make that happen. So we hope to see you guys here often on Sunday nights. Absolutely. And uh, I just want to take a couple of notes to uh, thank uh, all our uh, great uh, followers. And uh, I want to thank 200 of you specifically. Um, You guys skyrocketed last week's Mando show, uh, our episode 48, um, and it reached uh, 200 uh, downloads uh, in quite a record time so thank you guys very much uh we are always excited that people are listening to the show and interacting with us on twitter and here um one of the things that we wanted to also mention that uh this week you guys are getting two episodes we are dropping this one on tuesday as a podcast as the podcast version of it uh, we also have our episode number 50 uh our episode 50 has to do with uh fans and uh celebrating star wars and how much fun it is we uh interviewed uh, mark newbold who is uh a uh, contributing uh writer to uh fantha tracks and he's also part of the star wars celebration stage crew uh had a really great discussion with him regarding what it's like to be at a star wars celebration even if you've never been to a star wars celebration or any other convention uh of that nature it's uh it's going to be a fun episode we had a lot of people uh submit some voicemails uh by calling and you guys can still do that too if you want 773-234-8659 drop us a voicemail let us know uh anything really drop us any voicemail doesn't have to be about star wars celebration just tell us hi tell us what you like about the show tell us uh what uh topics you'd like to tackle uh that's one of the great things that we love about this community uh both on youtube and twitter uh and obviously as part of the red five network uh of pods uh force of light entertainment you guys are in here also part of the red five network and uh everybody in the chat thank you guys so much for for uh hanging out with us uh, like brad said here on a sunday night going to a star wars celebration is not a prerequisite to be a star wars fan but i'll just give you a quick story on our way out the door and that is uh you know we started this podcast as star wars celebration chicago was taking place was not able to make it out there um, but uh, i've been to one that was star wars celebration orlando was able to take my four kids down there and, uh, you know, the goal of this show um, can be um, expressed by what happened to me there. Uh, we were eating in the little makeshift food court that they had, waiting for some trailers to come on. Um, 
and actually it was the trailer for the last Jedi, as it turns out, uh, that was the trailer everybody was waiting for. And, uh, we're sitting at a table, you know, all the tables are packed there. Uh, no, no empty seats. Uh, and you know, a guy I've never seen in my life, never talked to, uh, in my life, he comes down and sits there and, uh, pulls out a whole bunch of, uh, Zuvio stickers because he, he started a campaign of where Zuvio, um, because he got cut from, uh, the, the, the different things. And, um, so never talked to this guy, never seen him. And then we just struck up a conversation right there and we ended up talking probably for about a half hour. Like we had been best friends, uh, forever, uh, about star Wars. And that's why we're here. That's why we do the podcast because this is something that we can all bond with, um, and find common ground with. So, uh, thank you, Roe, for, for doing this show. And, uh, again, thank you for everybody in the chat and all of our followers. And, uh, it's, it's great to be part of this community. So thank you for that. And, uh, as always, it is always sunny on Scarif, and that's a scuttlebutt. Greetings, listener. Just a reminder that the podcast you just heard is a proud member of the Red 5 Network family. Red5network.com offers you a great variety of shows you'll be sure to love. So the next time you're itching for quality content, make sure you head over to Red5network.com. You'll find this podcast along with a whole lot more. All wings report in. It's the Red 5 Network. <laughs>